0: ever wanted to know more about health and fitness well I'm Aiden Shamali and this is the Little by Little podcast. All right hello to Sean. So Sean is one of the owners of I was about to say CrossFit Mobilist but uh, that, that wouldn't be accurate anymore. Mobilist Singapore these days. Uh Sean is also the head coach for for both sides and uh, in charge of the strength development program at that gym. He's been in the fitness industry now for, I'm going to guess, at least five or six years now, right, Sean?
1: Yeah, six years. Uh,
0: An awesome coach, an awesome father, and a very interesting person to talk to. So, without further ado, hey, Sean, how are you doing today? I'm good, I'm good. You're good. You're good. Cool. Um, I actually wanted to start this, uh, with a little bit of your beginning. All right. And I'm not, I don't mean your childhood or anything too crazy like that, but, uh, uh, I know fitness wasn't necessarily your first calling, was it? You didn't, you didn't quite get into this straight away. Did you? No, uh,
1: kind of, kind of like didn't, didn't even know what I wanted to do in uni. Yep. So kind of like pick the easiest course and then it was just, uh, you know, business management, like not, just like 90% of the uh, population over here, right? Yep. You don't know what to do, just go study business. And then uh, graduated from there, uh, was a marketing exec for two years before I decided to join uh, the police force. And then, yeah, from there I got in two years as a senior police officer, got out, and then yeah, then mobilist was kind of like my thing from there.
0: Well wow. have you got uh have you got a police story for us? Just uh anything anything that you're allowed to say, let's use that. Uh have you got kinda of a cool story that two years on the police force surely something must have happened. Uh let's see.
1: I think uh handling death cases was definitely interesting for me. Yeah. Uh like we've kind of we've we've kind of seen on television shows, right? When 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 there's a case when somebody died and there's you know this like rotten decomposed body, I've actually been to two of such cases. Uh, well, the fortunate thing is that uh, these are these are uh, caused by natural death. So they were either you know alone at home and they unfortunately passed away and they didn't you know have anyone to take care of them. Yeah. So it was only until their neighbors uh, found something fishy and then called the police and then we went in. So. Uh, it was uh, it was quite an experience. Uh, my second case on attending the decom that was really really bad. Uh, the, like the fluid was already all over the ground, and I kind of like slipped and almost fell. But the good thing is that you know I I got gloves on and I sort of supported myself. But yeah, and then I had to I had to dig around the house, and the funny thing was. Uh, because we have to look for the identification card, right, for identity purposes, yeah. and this person kind of like passed away with his wallet stuck in his pants, and now it's soaked in body fluid. I have to just kind of like fish that out. Yeah. So that was a uh, that that was certainly very interesting, and, and that stuck with me for quite a while.
0: Man, that's uh, that really is quite a story. I've never heard that one before. So <laughs> you got a little bit of a a little bit of an insight of what the police force is like. Um, yeah. So if if uh, if it wasn't really a call a calling, should I say? How um how did you fi- first sort of get into fitness? How did you find it um, before you knew you wanted to be a coach, obviously, and before you you knew you were going to own a gym one day? How how did your fitness journey start?
1: Well, um, I wouldn't say I particularly looked into this. Right? Uh, it's just like it's just like most people out there, you know when. You start entering your tertiary school and you start developing, you know, your interest for sports. And then for me, it's just basically, uh, you know, just like any other guys, you, you want to get gain a little bit more muscle. You're, you're kind of a little bit more uh, aware of how you look. And then from there, um, you know, got to know Edwin and it was just like one day um, he just brought up like, hey, this CrossFit thing looks really, really crazy and think we should try it. Then the next thing we know, we were on we were on the web, like just just looking for any any facility out here in Singapore that offer CrossFit. So we went down to the box. Uh, we we got our ex we got our asses kicked. Obviously, uh, it was it wasn't the easiest intro. It was pretty intense, pretty crazy. But we got hooked, and from there it's just uh, following the CrossFit methodology uh, for a year or two until uh the gym owner kind of like, uh, you know, hinted that I, I, maybe there's an opportunity for me to coach over there. So me and Edwin and, and Richmond and, and all of us took out L1 together. And after that, when we did, uh, we sort of like didn't know what to do with it, right? Now you're certified, you can coach. But yeah, mm. but we kind of like left that, that first place. And that was when we got to know uh, the guys, Josh, James. Uh, CJ who, who, uh, who were really at Mobilus But Mobilist was really young back then uh, They were borrowing uh, a, a, f- a space from uh, Singapore realistic Federation They were still in Kallang And they were basically offering free classes So we, we kind of met them from there and then uh, Like we found out that there's a vacancy For us to coach And basically we were, we were just looking to just trade right? So I coach and maybe I can you know, Do some of the classes for free But that kind of like developed uh, and, and, and and soon we, we really got into it so even when I was in as a marketing exec and in the police force uh, I was still very much involved with uh, CrossFit yeah
0: awesome awesome. okay so uh, how did you how did you go from this sort of introduction to uh, almost free classes at Mobilist and doing a little bit of coaching for them how did you progress that into becoming one of the owners? And, and how did that sort of whole, how did, how did you know that you were making the right choice? Can I say, how did you, what was the motivation to, to take on such a big thing like that?
1: Well, so when, I think this was one of the uh, James and Josh's idea, right? Uh, they, right, right, from the, right from the start when they started mobilist they, they, they knew that uh, mobilist had somewhere they wanted to go. So uh, it was kind of like this, this idea whereby they wanted to build up a basis and therefore they were offering free classes, you know, just to, just to, just to get a name out and get, you know, more people to know the brand, right. And about if, if I'm not wrong, a year or two at SWF, uh, one of the national uh, weightlifting athletes uh, wanted to open his own gym. So they struck up a conversation with, I, th- I, th- I think it was Joshua and uh, it kind of like worked out for us, right? We were we were almost in the phase where, we wanted to move on. Uh, we were not sh- really sure how to, and then uh, he wants to open a gym, but you know needs a little bit more help with capital, capital and that's where we we kind of like uh, did a the joint venture together, right? So basically, we paid half the half the rent, and we got to use the space in the evening, which was kind of like the peak periods, right? And the remaining uh, part of the day, he was just you know, taking some uh, weightlifting athletes and and doing some PTs around the house. So yeah, that was kind of it. And initially we just, me, Edwin and Richmond, we were just in there just to coach, right? But uh, I think James uh, and Joshua, they saw something in us and they wanted us to be a part of it. Just more more than just being a coach. So uh, we threw in some capital uh, and bought some very nice equipments also and then our first place was at uh, was at Geylang so if you know if you know Geylang you know what kind of a place it is right but it was it was like nearer to the corners of Geylang so it wasn't really that uh, that, that messed up of a place so it was still quite decent it was very near uh, easily commutable and then from there we, we started charging uh, just small fees, you know, and just gain membership from there. And, yeah, it, it kind of, like, just felt right because we, we, we knew what Mobilist uh, represented, right? And the the vibe that it gave was, like, very, very friendly, you know, non-intimidating, not like what I heard from other people who went to other CrossFit boxes in Singapore. So, yeah, that was,
0: that was pretty much it. Um, what was... What was it like, or or did you find any carryover skills from your police work, or or what you'd done in the past to to coaching, and 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 how was that transition going from a full time kind of uh, job in a completely different industry to 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 changing that all up and going into um into a full time role or a full time gig as someone in the fitness industry?
1: Yeah, the, the so the. The, the training that I received in the academy, right, that was, uh, that was about a year, and it was mostly focused on leadership training. Mm. Um, so, a, a, a big part of that actually uh, helped me with uh, managing the team in, in Mobilus, right? And um, when I made that decision to, to switch and became a, become a full time at, uh, at Mobilus, it wasn't exactly the easiest decision. Because if you know uh, the Singapore Singapore Police Force, they pay well. <laughs> For me to jump, it was it was uh, more than a twenty five percent pay cut. Yeah, yeah. So uh, th- like, I have to I have to discuss the, the that decision with my wife, and it was also kind of the point whereby we were we knew that the house was coming. Uh, we were planning to have a baby, so it wasn't exactly the best decision. But um, if like if if you knew right uh, when I was in was when I was in the force I was basically serving my first uh, my first uh, uh, job rotation right I was an investigation officer, so the hours are pretty hectic. Uh, let's say when I'm on shift right I can be I can be easily you know in the office for 36 hours without going home, no sleep, and you're just you know running here and there. You're 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 you taking you're taking statements. You are, you're hammering on the keyboard and stuff. So. To be honest, uh, just just being able to, to get into sort of like a, a more normal routine that was a breath of fresh air. And it certainly did, did, uh, did improve things a lot in the house because, um, you know, when you're under that kind of uh, stress level, right, and you're not very much at home and you're lacking of sleep, uh,
0: communication usually tends to be a problem. Yeah. You're yeah. uh, the greatest person to be around when you're in those kind of situations. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, a yeah. funny say that uh you you came to coaching for a little bit of normality uh, I work some of the weirdest hours um, in anyone in the world so it's uh it's funny that became uh, this was a much more normal option for you um, yeah it is did you think coaching like is it is it always been something you wanted to do um, no um.
1: <laughs> Like, if you knew my personality, right, when I'm not standing in front of the class, usually I'm in a corner somewhere. I'm, I'm you know, looking at my iPad, and just doing programming and stuff. So, my, my personality, my nature is kind of like very introverted and and I usually don't open up that much. So, for, like, if you ask me after I graduated from uni, right? Would, would, would there, you know, would I have would I have imagined that I would be standing in front of a class and coaching them? That wouldn't that would have, that would have would be the wildest thing that I'll ever do, right? To to put myself in the in the, in, you know, under the spotlight in under attention and then be coaching. But yeah, that was that was something that I kinda of, kind of like developed a passion for. And I think for anyone who's seen me, uh, who knows me in, in, in person when I'm not standing in front of a class and has seen me when i'm standing in front of a class uh, I kind of like have this two uh, very very different person here that I take on yeah and it, it, and it's just kind of like a pers- a coaching personality that i that I developed yeah and I, I you know just just something that works for me
0: yeah I think, that, I think that's cool to hear I think uh, everyone thinks that to be a coach you you have to be someone who's always super super confident uh to be around talking to people and and be in front of people but uh it just goes to show that like you can be a good coach with any number of personalities you just you just have to find a way to kind of amplify that to people at times yeah. um yeah. and so it's cool that 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 you say that and that um you're not what we people would consider that typical a type personality um but I've seen you coach me time Sean, and I, I can definitely say you do a good job of it um, so uh let's talk about what obviously the whole world has been kind of going through um, how have you How have you found getting back into the doors of mobilist and coaching again after a, a bit of a three month hiatus
1: yeah uh, well this this was something that I, I that I've been speaking to a few people about uh, on. And um like everyone has kind of like a different different uh they feel different towards this uh, circuit breaker, right this is kind of like the the what well, the term that was used to, to describe the lockdown in Singapore but yeah um it's it's definitely nice, but you know the first two days you don't you don't exactly follow right into the routine again, and everything still feels kind of like new. So yeah, even even though like I've, like both of us, we've taken so many classes, right, over at Mobulus. And even though it's still in front of pretty much the same people, but you still get the nerves, uh, you know, on the first day or two, uh, you're, not, you're not really quite sure how, you know, how everything, like you, it, you just need a little bit of time to get back. But it was definitely nice to see everyone back again.
0: And yeah. Yeah, one of the, uh, one of the funniest things that I found was, uh. Obviously, we spent the three months coaching um, virtual classes and, and being at this distance from everyone else. But uh, one of the first things I remembered—I I remember being in one of my classes on my first day back—and I literally had to remind myself. I was like, "Wait, I can actually go and physically help people in position." Yeah, and uh, <laughs> this little mindset—it was. Um, it was a, a bit of a wake up call but but yeah it's uh it's it's been very cool to be back um let's uh let's talk about the circuit breaker and the lockdown how was it for you um in terms of like what was it like what did you get out of it um what did you do to, with your time
1: yeah so the how like how i felt it was interesting it, it's very interesting for me the circuit breaker because uh, the news kind of came very abruptly right and that was there was just during the period whereby both you and I were trying to hammer out the the, the, the new schedule for mobilists. uh, you know being that uh, there, there were there were restrictions as to how many people we can put in a class and then there were certain routines that need to need to be established right, before people came in so both of us were kind of like uh, you know on that for day and night and it lasted like only for about two weeks before they decided that, you know, most of the business in Singapore needed to shut down. And that was, that was basically us entering phase one, right? Yeah. And I, I think we had like four days to kind of like put everything together and decided that, you know, how are we going to make everything sustainable, right? So the, the, the initial phase whereby when, when we first just entered the circuit breaker, that was really, really hectic and stressful for me. Uh, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot of the measures we have to, we didn't have a lot of buffer to kind of like think about it properly, right? And you know, it's just like if it feels right, it's we we have to go with it. And We didn't have too much time to go and you know think about what are the contingency plans and whatnot. Um, but you know, obviously there was there was a there was a there was a side whereby I was relieved because for 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 once I knew for certain that that for at least a week. I didn't have to wake up at four, 4.50 a.m. in the morning, like four days a week, and then, you know, struggle to make the other class when I have a you know, back-to-back night-to-morning night night to shift. So that was the only thing that I was glad about. But yeah, pretty much I, everything else is kind of like, just focused on how am I gonna, you know, keep mobilus alive, and how am I gonna still engage the members and stuff? Yeah. And uh, when when we were into the circuit breaker, uh, for the period of May, right? And right when we were about to end, they were announcing uh, that the the circuit breaker is going to be extended by a month. That was already, that was kind of like for me, I was already falling into the into the routine of things uh, because both uh, my wife and I felt that, you know, we, we definitely wouldn't be, wouldn't, like the country wouldn't be ready to kind of like open up just in a month. So uh, we, we made our preparations, you know, we kind of like, uh, especially with Luke in the house, right? So we, we bought uh, a lot of books, uh, a lot of toys for him, and you know it's just whenever he feels like he's running out of uh, you know novelty, whatever that he has, right? We just take out a new book or a new toy and just to give it to him. And the like the the circuit breaker. When I look back at it, uh, I'm actually quite thankful for it. I'm not thankful for the COVID nineteen and stuff, but I, I I'm I'm glad that I, I was able to go through the circuit breaker because this, I, I believe, for, for many people out there as well, this, this was, a, this was a, really a period of kind of like reflection, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at how things have been going on in your life, and you're, you're kind of like forced to just slow down. And then when you do that, you kind of like have a clearer view of what's happening around you. So uh, prior to the circuit breaker, if let's say we were going about our usual routine, right? In a week, um, let's say if it's weekdays, I wouldn't be spending anything more than twenty minutes with Luke. Because if let's say I have a night shift, I, I came, back, I come home, he's already asleep. So there are days whereby I don't even see him for a, t- a day or two, all right. And then there are days whereby, if let's say I I, I finish uh, in early in the morning, I wouldn't I wouldn't see him all the way until uh, evening when he's up when he's uh, up school, right? And then I have to still juggle, you know, my program and stuff. So, yeah, that was kind of like, that, was, that, was, that to me was, I believe that was how it is. This is the, this is the interaction that I get, father and son. Then second breaker happened and suddenly I'm, I'm with him most of the time. And 20 minutes is all that, all that I get for myself alone. And this is usually a time that when, I'm, when I'm in the toilet, right? <laughs> and, and like any, any other day of the, the Any other day part of the day I'm, I'm just with Luke And I'm just occupied with him And that allowed me to kind of like realize How much I was missing out in, in, in his life And how much he was growing up right? Like Luke has such a personality That I, I never knew he had Like he, he has preferences Very interesting preferences I can't really recall now Because it's uh, you know it's it's just that those things that you know if if you didn't look hard into it, it you just kind of like brush, like you, you kind of like just miss, right? But yeah, uh it it really allowed me to kind of like look at look and, and know him a lot more. And seeing how he you know gradually as the days goes by, he he got more and more attached to me and he started looking for me more and more. Like first thing in the morning he was like, Where's Daddy? And, and stuff that, that that kind of like made me realize like I need I need to I need to achieve some some better balance in my life, especially uh, work life and, and 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 yeah just just
0: balancing that stuff. Yeah, it's uh I, I I agree with you. Obviously, I don't I don't have a, a son or someone to connect with like that. But definitely, the fact that we got this opportunity to look kind of look internally a little bit and kind of reevaluate what what we thought was important to us and and I guess as you said when 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 you're just doing it day in day out you kind of you kind of never get to realize what you're missing out on or or what what's happening around you because you're just so focused on getting through today and then the next day and and what's coming up uh that you 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 probably miss out a lot of these details did you have it uh anything similar with the wife as well or
1: yeah so uh, just like I said right like communication could have been better it wasn't bad <laughs> it wasn't bad but communication between me and my wife could have been better uh, and like pre like prior prior to the, the circuit breaker right like you know if you if you, if you leave if you live with your with it, like it for us, we just move into the new house right so we have to get uh, adjusted. And we don't have a helper with us. So basically the house chores and everything and she's taking care of look. So we, we have to do it on our own. And a lot of times, because she's very busy as well. And, and and her working hours are actually not within the usual office hours. Because of her job nature, she has to meet people when they are, you know, up is either before they go to work or after they go to work. So a lot of times we, we, we might not even see each other a lot at home. And that is when you start to, you know, you start, you, you, when you, you, start, you start to find that you are doing a lot for the house or for the family. Uh, but you really don't see what's happening on the other side. And you, you, sometimes you just feel like you're the one who's giving in and doing most of the stuff. But it wasn't until the circuit breaker whereby I I had, you know, I'm able to look at what her day looks like and that was when I, I'd rather be at work and I, I, I told myself, like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to be in her shoes because for her, her day typically starts with Luke just waking her up, right, and then having to send him to school. So she has to prepare for her work. She has to, you know, like kind of like pack his bag. And Luke in the morning is very energetic. It's not the easiest kid to handle so even if it's just getting him to change his diapers you could be chasing after him for like a good 20 minutes or so before you get him to settle down and and cooperate with you so and just and it's it's kind of like you know you, you don't you don't really realize how tired it is looking after a kid until you do it yourself and you find out how draining it is and that is when i begin to realize like you know uh, i wasn't that I shouldn't be that calculative about who's doing what or who's doing more at home, and yeah. So from from there, it's kind of like we 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 we're able to talk a lot more, especially during the period. I I I have more opportunity to talk with her about her work as well, uh, and yeah. Basically, it's, it's just me me knowing that sometimes when now now I can tell when she's kind of like in the in the peak periods of her work. And I know she need, she needs some help. So communication is a lot better in the sense that I she doesn't have to tell me to you know to to do some of the stuff at home. And I just know that she needed help and I just do it. So it's just minor things like that that makes a lot of uh, significant change in the house. Yeah. So things are definitely a lot
0: better, and I do appreciate it that's uh, a it's a it's a very cool uh, perspective on things and I think yeah, as you said it's very easy that we we think that we're the ones doing all the work but then you uh, you get a chance to see how the other half lives or, or what they have to put up with and, and I think you kind kind of realize uh, or, or shock yourself a little bit that maybe actually you're not doing quite as much yeah as <laughs> um, okay I think yours is pretty obvious but i I just wanted to ask what you what was your biggest takeaway? Um, from Circuit Breaker what was like the the best part of it and 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 what did you get the most out of
1: well the best part of it was uh like I got time with Luke and but personally it was also a lot of uh, reflection right and uh I had a lot of time to do the things that I wanted to do like meet up on, on just materials right uh, be it uh, self improvement, or whether be it uh, you know just things that can help out with coaching, programming, just knowledge stuff. So um, I think the major takeaway for me now is uh, I need I need to be able to strike a better balance with work and with uh, you know outside of work. And uh, now now that I've been through Circuit Breaker it's almost impossible for me to not spend time with Luke. Like, I, I, I need, like, let's say in a week, right, I need a certain period of time with Luke. Now, now it's just, that part has become non-negotiable. So, and I used to, I used to really just, just, you know, give in and I, and I will take my private time away and just fill work in, right, because that's a requirement for me. And sometimes when I, when I'm unable to do that, I feel guilty. And because just because I'm un- unable to fulfill uh, you know uh, the work side of things, but now it's just it's just coming to realise that I, I do need uh certain time to myself and to my family just to make sure that I'm functioning well. Uh, and you know that now it's not it's not that I'm not uh, I, I'm unapologetic when I can't you know fulfill certain things. But it's just that I know, I know that I need to strike a better balance with with work. And uh, sometimes, uh, you know, just being, being, being able to have more time with the family helps me feel more centered and in a way that helps me better with work.
0: Yeah. Cool. Have you? That's, a, that's an awesome answer, actually. And, and um, I think something that a lot of people can relate to. Any advice for someone who might feel like they, they need to create or they, they have something in their life that works in the way of it. Any advice to them to how to make that a non-negotiable and, and to get that extra little bit of time for the stuff that is important to them?
1: Yeah, I think just prior, prioritizing like how you spend your time, right? So for me now, uh, obviously when, when we are coaching a class, we have to be there, right? So, so that's kind of like quite fixed, but uh for like for for us because there are, there are certain there's certain things in mobilist that requires our attention uh, 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 on an ad hoc basis right and also uh, things like programming right have to do it find time to do it outside of the outside of the gym so right now it's about just learning how to schedule which part of my day is work and which part of my day am i supposed to know just finish work and just focus on the family. Uh, it's it's kind of like, it's kind of a blessing for me now because Luke just uh, started school recently and, and Cassandra is still not really 100% back to the office, right? So most of the time she's still working from home. So it's very easy for me now to see like, these are the, these are the periods whereby I have to, everyone in the family at home. So I don't want to be working here. But there are days where, by there, there's certain periods of the day where, look is in school or now, uh, every Tuesday, Cassandra needs to go back to work. Then I try to get as much work as I can done within that day, so that I don't stress myself out, you know, for the rest of the week. Yes, yeah, just, just, just stuff like prior prioritizing. Like if you, if you know, if you know and you cut out time and you, you tell yourself this is required, right? You tend to, you tend to, you know. Not feel that. Apologetic when you you know when when other things come comes in like say for example you know that this is the period you want to spend time with your family you just don't look at your phone and and you know if, if once you get back to it, it just it's it's more explainable and I think people understand whereby you can't get back to them
0: immediately if it's work related matters yeah it's just all right uh, shifting uh, shifting tact slightly. Um, so all of our listeners who are Mobilist members, um, they will know you as the man in charge of MobStrong, yeah. uh, the head of the head of our strength program at Mobilist. Um, uh, how did, how did MobStrong actually start? What was the inception of that? And, uh, and what was the inspiration?
1: Well, the interesting thing is I wasn't, I wasn't the one who, I was kind of like shoved into this, this position, right? Because uh, I still remember it was it was uh, it was a meeting that we were we were holding at uh, the, the our second location at Gelang, right? So we were sitting on a so small sofa and everyone was there: Edwin, uh, James, Joshua, uh, Richmond, and Joshua, Joshua. Joshua. was the founder, right? He he kind of like had this idea whereby. Uh, each of the partners of Mobilis should be in charge of a certain certain aspect of the of 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 operations, right? So for Edwin it was more like uh, for programming for CrossFit and then for Richmond it maybe it's just it's handling Instagram and for James it's kind of like the, the money side of things. And then when they when it came to me, well they said that, you know you're the strongest in the group so you should take probably take over strength and conditioning and really that was it. And I took it upon I took it upon me personally to kind of like develop the strength strength and conditioning uh, program for mobilists, and you know it wasn't exactly, exactly the easiest start. Uh, nowadays you have a lot of resources, uh, free resources, right? You can go to YouTube, you have podcasts. Uh, back then, uh, these uh these platforms weren't that available. And especially with me, uh, you know, didn't exactly have that kind of a background with strength conditioning. I was basically trying to learn from scratch and trying to learn fast. And I, I remember, like, I just happened to, to look up the web. And I was looking and I entered this website and the, I just felt like I was reading through and just felt like this guy made so much sense. And I was just following some of his methodology and I, and I was sharing like, hey, have you heard of this guy called Charles Poliquin? And and you know this other guy was like saying yeah he's one of the biggest names out there and I didn't know it was, it was just, I just felt like well, his stuff is really really good and I just wanted to follow and use whatever that he has. So yeah that was that was it. So yeah Charles Paul King was basically my first coach in in uh, in, in this aspect. But from there yeah you, you begin to pick up books and it was like uh, Starting Strength by Mark Rippetoe and then you be, you start begin beginning to build up your your your, your information or where you get your resources from so yeah that was it
0: yeah would you say that that's been the biggest evolution of it has kind of just been your personal evolution through this as you've learned more the programs kind of developed around that and and you've added more and and taken stuff out as as you found uh, more information or or as it's gotten as
1: yeah so like mob strong has kind of like evolved every single time i kind of Learn something significant right So previously it was just uh, When the program Just started there wasn't there wasn't even A real name for it like it wasn't Called Mob Strong it was just basically me taking Over the, the strength side Of uh, our CrossFit program And back then it was just Trying not to go uh, too Fancy or too wild with, with how You program for stuff right and that Was basically just keeping everyone safe because The, the, the level of um, I would say the athleticism of the people of the members that we had then was quite different from what you will see now when you enter Mobulitz. So like you you would have easily half half the class squatting like front squatting with just empty bar or maybe just fifty five, sixty five pounds and that was considered quite heavy for them. So I didn't have too much you know knowledge to kind of like be very fancy with programming anyway. So that was kind of like just basically trying to kind of get everyone strong in the safest way possible in the safest way that, you know, the way that kind of like makes sense. But then it, it um, when I read up a little bit more, then you started reading and learning about periodization. Uh, you started learning about uh, specificity and how you should kind of like change up uh, the variations as you go along your, you know, from training block to training block. And just, just stuff like that and implementing it. But what I found was most uh, 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 satisfying was that, you know, you begin to interest people in, in this, this this information, in this knowledge. So a lot of people who kind of like entered Mob Strong just thought it was just another program, right? It's another CrossFit program, but another slower-paced CrossFit program. But when they entered and, you, and they start realizing, like, you know, um, uh, D, what is D load? Why do we need load? Or what is, what is progressive overload? How do you do that? Do you just always add weights? Do you just add repetitions? And people start, you know, becoming interested in this, this topic. And that's like my, that my, like is very, very satisfying for me to, to, as a coach uh, to have a new beginner who doesn't even know how to strip press, how to back squat, doesn't know how much the barbell weighs to now they're they asking me like you know how, how much how many RIR should I be or what's the RPE that should be going on like things that are usually quite te- technical and you wouldn't expect the average person to understand like they, they are, they're speaking that language now and it's all true uh, more strong so yeah that was that was kind of like a, a,
0: a sense of achievement for me yeah, as a, as a coach at mobiler I mean the program definitely has its following and and I think uh even since we've opened up Chinatown and exposing it to people who who didn't have any clue what it was when when we opened up our doors at chinatown i think uh I think you've definitely done a done a an awesome job with it uh Have you got a sort of here's a little bit of a sales pitch to any of our members listening or anyone in Singapore who's thinking about getting a little bit stronger any thoughts on uh, how people should approach the classes or kind of what the fundamental purpose of it, if you were going to give us a bit of an elevator pitch of uh, Mob Strong?
1: Yeah. Um, I think when people first come into Mob Strong, they don't really know what to expect. Um, and just opening up a conversation with the coach of that class uh, usually helps a lot. Um, and. You know, Bob Strong. Although although the the class might look very intimidating, especially when you have uh, a, a few of the more experienced people sorting and 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 deadlifting in there, but uh, the pace of the class is always kind of like slower, and it allows basically more interaction between the coach and the and the lifters inside. So, yeah, I, I would say come with an open, like really, really, just uh, come with a open heart and and, and just you know. Uh, ask questions. Ask a lot, a lot of questions. Any questions that you 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 don't understand, even if you don't know what like one RM is, very basic stuff. Just ask questions. Just get yourself uh, you know involved in in the topic. Um,
0: you've got a you've got a, a slogan or not a slogan, but something you write on the spreadsheet on every at the start of every day for the coaches when we read the the notes on the program. Do you know what that says? Do you remember what you write?
1: I think something along the lines of every day is a day to kind of like learn and relearn. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Something along
0: those lines. And, uh, I, I that, I, that it's always actually struck, stuck with me in all honesty. I, I, every time I read that, I, it does, it does remind me that it doesn't matter how experienced someone is. The, the structure of mob strong still allows me to teach someone something, which is, uh, which is a, a cool part of the program. Uh, so, uh, Okay, this is a very general question and uh, you could give me a million answers to this, I'm sure, Sean. But anyone listening out there, if you could give us just one or two tips on getting a little bit stronger, what would they be? Just easy general tips. What would your your one or two tips for someone listening out there be?
1: Yeah, I would say start very, very conservative. This, if that safe strength is really the goal, right? Yeah. Um, And we're not competitive, like a very small percentage of us ever, ever is uh, in, you know, competitive in the the strength discipline. So if you're just looking to get strong and uh, for, whether it be for health benefit or you just want to be a little bit, feel a little bit more, more functional, right? Uh, Just take it slow. There isn't, there isn't exactly a time pressure to, to, you know, how strong you want to get, but. What I see a lot is when people uh, maybe get overly excited at start, and you know, like the they, st- they start learning about these uh, these concepts, right? Uh, percentages, one RM's, and they just want to find out like how strong they are. Well, well I think that's a good thing, um, but the the real focus should be on. You know the longevity of things, right? How how long can you actually keep up with this 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 sort of a lifestyle like this training, right? Because to me, like how 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 I look at Mob strong and how my my personal uh, perspective on strength training has evolved is it used to be trying to get you as strong as you can, whether you're competitive or not. Uh, but now it's kind of, I feel that it's kind of like matured and you kind of realize. Like as people age, uh, the first thing that they that goes is strength. And no matter what kind of lifestyle we are are leading, right? But as long as you start losing strength, you are unable to uphold uh, the quality of that lifestyle. Uh, not being able to get out of a chair isn't a funny matter anymore when you really can't get out of a chair, and it's not because you're injured, but it's just because you know you've you've kind of like lost the strength and legs to do so. And this, the literature has proven uh, so many times and there's so much, uh, so much support for, you know, if you, if you do keep up, with just strength training. And it doesn't have to be very crazy, right? You're kind of, you're kind of like able to maintain strength uh, into the older days of your life. And I think that kind of like will benefit anyone. So yeah, the first thing is just take it slow. And the second thing is, uh, this is kind of like personal for me. Like if you if you if your coaches do tell you that you have you have certain uh, flaws or techniques or there are certain positions that are not right, I would say make that a prior priority and fix them first. So, like if you know you have uh, knees caving in and collapsing ankles, but you know that you can generally still hold up the squat well, right? don't don't progress or don't be forced to move on to a heavier weight or or be be so fixated on this concept of progressive overload that you you must go heavier on the next week but before you really kind of like resolve the the, the very fundamental issues in the squat by going heavier you're just kind of ingraining that 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 faulty movement pattern and sooner or later bef- you after one whole mesocycle, cycle you find that. That has kind of like become your your natural uh, pattern that you move right, and by then when you want to start causing changing and improving, it's kind of like a lot harder to do because it's, it's kind of like ingrained in you already. Yeah. So yeah, taking take things slow and, and, and fix your fix your your, your faults. First. Yeah.
0: I think that's uh, I think that's an important one. I think it doesn't matter how experienced you are and whatever you're doing. I think those are two very very important points um so uh i see you've started a, a sort of a new instagram page is this uh you trying to expose your knowledge or or get your knowledge out to the the community
1: yeah it's also because i just want to want to have a clearer separation with uh you know my coaching persona and who i am in in my personal life because uh it used to be kind of a mix right me you know, Instagram story, you can see looks face on one and then suddenly I'm deadlifting on one. And then, you know, there's some uh, some stories that I'm sharing with, which is training related. It kind of like all jumbled up. So I just wanted to, to have a better organization of the information that I'm sharing. And I'm I'm really a huge uh, fan of uh, Mike Nisrotel, right, from RP. And if you if you really look at his stuff, right, He's such a he's such a great guy He's such a great coach Not because Any of the things He's saying out there Is kind of like new it, it isn't But it's just because He has this Exceptional ability To organize information That's already out there And help people Make sense of it Right Just like how He's uh, You know His recent um, uh, um, um, His recent topics on, on his YouTube channel Talking about like RIR And, and how you kind of like use these kind of like training concepts to to progress and, and manage fatigue and stuff. Like we like prior prior to him, these kind of this information was just out there, right? We know that we know that fatigue exists, we know that R exists, but we never kind of like established a connection of how how does this help us uh, you know just get more more tangible in in, in, in what uh, training is and how we are responding to our training. So I think he's done he's done really really a good job at, at you know, um, in 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 helping people understand strength pro- strength programming, and also in, in that sense, it's kind of like made people more open to strength programming as well. Whether it be it you know your optimum strength or whether it's it hypertrophy, yeah. But I think he's done a great job, and that's something that I want to do. <laughs>
0: to replicate yeah um okay uh i'm going to start the the wrapping up of this now sean um yeah i got a couple of questions uh a little bit more locally sort of centric i guess um obviously there's been big changes in the uh the crossfit scene us as a gym we've deaffiliated ourselves very recently um but more in a general sense um how have you seen the fitness industry heading in Singapore and, and do you think there's gonna be sort of any big changes or, or what are you expecting to see? I think I think it used to be
1: like, you know, CrossFit when we started, we, we kind of like all felt that this was kind of the, the next biggest thing, right? Then F forty five happened. Yeah. And F forty five is just you know just coming up everywhere and it's so popular. But, but I think what, it like the F45 experience kind of like made us realize like what people are looking for, and I'm very careful when I say this because what they're looking for might not necessarily, might not necessarily be the best thing for them. But what they're looking for is just something that's easily accessible and quite low skill, right? Most people, they just wanna go into a place whereby they have, uh, they have the programming and everything else sorted out for them. So they just go in and do their own stuff and they just get out. So convenience is a big part of what they want. So I think the industry is kind of like evolving towards that aspect. Uh, it used to be very, uh, very, I would say, no matter what you're trying to get into in the past, there's always this barrier, right? So even though, if you, let's say you, you wanted to join CrossFit, there's always this uh, introduction course and then the basic course before you can actually be fully allowed into a CrossFit class. But I think the, the fitness industry is kind of like uh, starting to realize that you want if you want people to get through your doors, you have to offer, you have to make it in such a way that it's convenient for them. And convenience is a big part. So, um, and, you know, just, just, Having, having conversations with uh, 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 Jordan Bender when he came down with us, right? And I kind of like agreed with what he said about the industry is now coming to a full circle. It started off, uh, you know, uh, with bodybuilding, right? The Arnold days and, and, and it kind of like shifted a little bit to the, the functional fitness side and then there's CrossFit. But right now, uh, it's coming a full circle. You've got uh, Marcus Feely with his Revival Strength stuff. And if you look at the program, it's kind of like functional functional bodybuilding. I believe his name that he calls it. And it's really becoming popular. And, you know, it kind of like targets uh, uh, really what, uh, it's a slower pace as it's than, than what CrossFit is. Uh, it's, I would say it's more easily accessible, whereby most of the time, he's either working with a dumbbell or kettlebell. And he produces good results. Injury, injury rates are low. And yeah I think I think that that a lot a lot of people will gravitate towards that just because it's a, it's in a more controlled environment and and the bodybuilding stuff I, I, I feel that it, they, are, they, are, they are trying, it's making a comeback but not exactly you know like the, the pro bodybuilding days right but it it like some of the some of the functional fitness stuff we will see actually blend into this bodybuilding so. Marcus Feely stuff is just one of the things that's uh, upcoming there. There's, there could be many more variations of, of of this coming up. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I think that uh, that makes a lot of sense. Um, okay, uh, sort of last question before I've got a couple of quick fire questions for you. Uh, now that we're back in the gym, uh, any any advice for for people? They, uh, how they should approach their training, uh, what they should be thinking about now that uh, the doors are open and they can start doing all sorts of crazy stuff again?
1: Yeah, so if if the body feels good after such a long break, right, then uh, you should, people should kind of like realize resting and deloading is important. So previously, uh, we, we do see people seven days a week in our gyms uh, for ex- for extended periods of time, and like kind of like all of us knew that you know this person should be should be resting and suddenly he disappears, and it's mostly because uh, he's kind of like injured in some in, in one way or another that doesn't allow him to continue doing what he does. So I would I would advise uh, I would strongly advise people you know to, to try and not put themselves in those situations in the first place. So it's always a good idea to establish like. In a week, right? What's your what's what's your frequency like? Three times, four times a week. And then you can have one or two active recovery days, but there must be at least one or two days whereby you're not you're not you're not doing anything strenuous. Uh, you you could be just taking a five ten minutes walk, and that's fine. But I think a lot of the times people have issue with that because they think that they are either slacking off or you know they're not making progress when they're taking rest days but actually it's actually in, 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 in the opposite, right? The, the more you don't rest, the more it's harder for you to see the results that you you put effort into in the gym. So yeah, I think rest is big.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, I think it's very important and learning how to, how to manage your body a little bit better, uh, spending some time on recovery and, and just sort of getting a good feel for when you are beat up and, and being able to read those signs also becomes very important. All right. Uh, before the quick fire question, Sean, where can people find you? Uh, how does anyone find you if they're listening to this from maybe somewhere else?
1: Yeah. So they can definitely look at us at uh, mobilist.sg. Uh, our coach's profile is there. Uh, they, our email is there as well. Uh, on Instagram, I'm I'm uh, I'm very uh, responsive on Instagram. So uh my new instagram account my training account is uh iron pillar strength so yeah just go look up i think i have like four posts now because it's a relatively new 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 account right but i'm constantly trying to see out uh, new information to share with everyone i think recently i just sh- I- i'm recently quite quite big on breathing uh stuff by brian mckenzie and you you know it's, it's just kind of like uh trickled down to me because we heard it first from Kelly Starrett when he was down with us in Singapore, right? And then that kind of like got stuck in the back of my head. And during the circuit breaker, when I was just going through podcasts and reading articles online and, and stuff, uh, it, it, it constantly resurfaced again and again and again, until uh, there was uh, I heard this podcast with uh, Brian McKenzie on it. And I got hooked. I really got hooked into it. So. Right now, I'm just just uh, reading reading up on 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 what like different cadence, different tempo breathing can actually help with uh, different aspects. Breathing can help you upregulate. It can also help you down regulate. And a lot of stuff, a lot of the benefits that we can we're not getting uh, can be gotten because breathing is so so convenient, right? It's accessible to everyone. yet yeah, and you have to breathe, but just by you becoming aware of how you're breathing actually makes a big difference. So,
0: yeah, it's just something that I want. Cool. I'll, uh, I'll add a, a link to the, the Iron Pillar Instagram account on the notes for this one. So if anyone wants to go check that out, uh, I'm sure there'll be some, some very cool information on there. Okay, last questions for the night, Sean, the quick fire stuff. Uh, just a sort little of way to end, okay? So uh, I've got five questions for you. Try to answer them as quick as you can. Um, if you could be any animal, what would you be and why?
1: Wow, a rhino, uh, no specific reason. It's just always kind of been my kind of thing when I was young, right? Just big, strong, huge task in front. Yep.
0: It's just a rhino. Cool, okay. Um, what is one thing you put on your bucket list? So what is one thing you have to do before you die?
1: Wow. Uh, this is hard. Uh, one thing on my bucket list, haven't really thought about this yet. Mm.
0: Too young, but, uh, everyone's got to have something on that list. I
1: think that there was, there, there's this place, uh, that I wanted to visit, but I, I, I don't know what his name is. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, I, th- I think this place is in Canada. Uh, beautiful lake with uh, you know just mountains uh, everywhere, but yeah, it's kind of like taking this uh, this uh, scenic holiday with my family uh, just away from all the technology stuff. This is something that I really wanted, but it's it's hard to do, right? Because with, with Luke and and with Cassandra being work being tied up with uh, the phone and stuff. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that's
0: just de- definitely one thing that I like to do at least once. It's bucketless, yeah. There's no timeline on this, uh, So yeah. Okay. Uh, favorite superhero and why? Uh,
1: Superman, cause he never dies.
0: Oof, too easy. Um, morning or night person? I am. Um, think I'm a night person. Me too. Uh, and lastly, best part of the day. Uh, after I poop. <laughs> <laughs> Best feeling in the world. Yeah, man. All right, Sean, that was uh that was awesome. Uh really impressed with some of the stuff that we got out of that. And uh I will uh I'm sure that people are gonna get a lot from from listening to what, what we had to say. So thank you very much, Sean. Uh thank you, and I'll let people find you uh in the link on this podcast. Cheers, Sean.